Look, it's a flood. It's a flood. It's flooding. Get away. Quick, we need to get to higher ground. Open the floodgates. Back at it again, back at it again. You know so, what happens when the tide rises up and crashes through. This is Ziggy. And I promise this is probably the loudest we're going to get because it's late. Yep. <laughs> Uh, but you know what we do, baby. What do we do, baby? We bring our pop perspective. <laughs> to put the culture in context. And make the mainstream make sense. And you know what we mean by that. We take the happenings, the what's going on. Hold on, what's going on? It's a cheers real quick. You know. And we try to find the through line and maybe put together... A thematic element to help it all. It's like in Demon Slayer. It's the smell threat. People are like, what the fuck are you talking about? What I'm talking about is, is we take the news, we take the pop cultures, we take sports, we take the politics, right? We take it all. We we take all that shit that's current and we make it flow straight. I tried. I that didn't sound right. No, 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 no. Yeah, cut that We take. We talk about what shit's going on in the world, and we break it down for you with our own comedic and historical context perspective. Because you know, people forget about shit, and we're here to remind you about shit. I feel like that was a pretty good way to put it. So, including things that have happened this day in history. One like that week from I like that today. Transition. Next Saturday night, we're sending you back to the future. There we go. One so, week from today, this day in history. January 28th. Hey. But not like today in history, like when this drops when this drops which on is the, the day you'll be hearing it hopefully on the 20th but we recorded a week before so it's the 20th the day that you listen to this we recorded it on the 23rd yeah but but the you tw- on hear it. on January 28th, 28th in 1099 okay damn the damn. first crusades begin siege of Hassan el Akrad I'm Syria like, like that's so long ago that I had to like stop and think like what is like what what happened like how far back was that and you brought out the Crusades right which is not really where I was at but it was right around that time right like I th- when you get that like far back in history like I don't know was that wasn't that caveman shit were we like riding around on horses and huts and shit that, that anyway what anyway I don't. <laughs> It's it's a long it was a long time ago that's my point. Eleven hundred A.D. We're we're we we Hudson shit really? Were we not? No, we were definitely more developed than that. You said the Crusades, right? Yeah. That's also like peasant and serfdom time, right? Yeah. What do you think peasants and serfs live in? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> so. But the long-lasting impact of the Crusades still exists today. 
as you can see, I mean, the it would definitely in the Middle East that has yeah pretty much like, never settled. There's that. Um, then there's also like I, some some people might say like you know the modern foundations of Western economy and you know possibly imperialism like that's what i mean europe like, might have just gone like well the church did it religious <laughs> religious imperialism right like that was one of the biggest religious imperialistic like uh i guess efforts that has ever happened on the planet right? actually if you really think about it that way and europe just went entirely after well the church did it maybe yeah. the crusades might be the most polit important political event in history or one of the most political, or one of the most important political events in history. I mean, because there's, okay, ignoring the political nature of that whole movement, right, uh, for the religious, like, symbolism yeah. behind it is kind of uh, reductive, don't you think? Like, that had a huge impact. They literally, like, the Catholic Church, the Roman Catholic Church, yeah. that was the, like, establishing of, like, the, not okay maybe not the establishing of the roman catholic empire but it was definitely like the roman catholic empire like testing its might and yeah. being like I, this is me uh the, god what was like the hitler movement where they like wanted to look for more land for germany there was a word for it i can't i mean the american version was manifest destiny. destiny right yeah i mean and where do you think a lot of that shit came from I mean, all the fucking Catholics that came over here, right? Shout out. <laughs> yeah, no. Important, per se, a long time ago, right? Like, frame of reference, I guess, is so far removed from. But, hey, what do we do, though? Let's go, like, a thousand years later, shall we? I mean, we made it relevant. That's, that's what I was waiting for you to say. Anyway, go ahead. A thousand years later, this day in history, one week from today. In 2001... The Baltimore Ravens won the Super Bowl. Wow. Way out of left field. <laughs> and into the end zone. Is there an end zone? Oh, you said the Ravens. Yeah. The Orioles haven't won shit since I, 1983. I don't know why for a second, for a split second, I thought we were talking about the Orioles. Ray this Lewis was, was the Ray Super Bowl Lewis. MVP, yeah, this was the and Ray we beat the bricks off of the Giants. I remember this, because, yeah, now now that I'm thinking about it. It was like 34 to 7. I was living out here when that happened. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's great. That's great. I Which was like five the years after the Ravens became a franchise. Because the Ravens actually were the original Cleveland Browns. Which moved to Baltimore after... It became the Colts, right? No, 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 no. The Browns moved to Baltimore and became the Ravens because Indianapolis stole the Colts. Because Indianapolis stole the Colts. Yes. Okay. Okay. And then the NFL, when they did an expansion, was like, we're sorry, Cleveland. Here's a franchise. Wow. They called it the Browns, though? Yeah. And then they just called, they continued to call them the Browns, which really pisses me off because their color is orange. I mean, there's brown in the uniform, but I feel like that's all semantics. Okay, so shout out to, you know, the local reference for this day in history, a Baltimore. One year ago, Robin Hood suspends GMC and AMC stocks. Oh, damn. So this was the beginning of the whole meme stock war 
financial crisis yes. 2020. <laughs> we're home, we're bored, let's really disrupt the American financial system. Yep. Like, huh, since we can't, you know, occupy Wall Street, let's occupy Robin Hood. Yep. <laughs> occupy Robin Hood. Hey, shout out to uh, meme activism. I guess if that's how you got to get it done. If you want to check it. out our last episode when that was going on, it's called The Wolf of Ball Street. That's crazy. It's been a whole year. Yeah, that I could reference an episode that we did on a topic. Also, it just feels like it happened so long ago because everything is fucking bananas now. Oh my god. Well, those are the things that have happened this day in history. Meme stocks and maybe the most important political event in the history of mankind. <laughs> maybe. Also, the Civil War, the, the American, the American Civil War, yes. the, the founding, the American racial narrative. It's like, you know, the, the American Civil War is like the Star Wars prequels of um, the story of America, and like if World War II was the original all right, let's think about this for a second. The Crusades are definitely up there. World War II is up there. Are we really going to... American Civil War is up there. I don't want to... I'd argue Revolutionary War because you can't really tell world history without, without the founding America. of America. Um, Fuck yeah. No, 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 we're not doing this. Probably the Korean-Japanese Wars. We're not doing this. But you know what they are doing, though? You remember that Cuphead animated series we talked about? Oh, yeah! Yeah, they finally dropped the trailer for it. And, um, it... Okay, so, on, like, first look, it looks like it's gonna be pretty good. I'm... I'm I don't want to give too much away because I want you to, like, actually see the shit and react to it, but, uh, it... It gives me kind of, like, Futurama vibes, but not, like... I don't know, not like Futurama. Right? Like the same kind of like humor. I may not be strong. I may not be fast. But I am very, very dexterous. What the fuck? What, what an odd way to come back in on. Did you not see how <laughs> I opened that gate? Oh no, I wasn't paying attention. I to had that. both glasses. I like opened it and then with my knee like lifted the thing. So we So were the Cuphead animated series looks awesome. You know what else was awesome? King of the Hill. <laughs> I saw that they might be bringing it back. It's not a might, it's a definite. Um they're bringing it back with a new like animation team bow, bow, as bow, well as a Beavis and Butthead. What did we say to have the King of the Hill? Breaking Bad is King of the Hill. That was the one that we came up with. Is it? In what episode? What were we talking about? I don't remember. I think it might have been like a title shift or something like that. Oh, okay. But we were like, yeah, imagine Bobby and Hank like going into the lab and then just like zipping it up and then running around making crystal meth to the theme song. Oh yeah, no, that, yeah, yeah, I remember that. No, that's, listen, I, I loved King of the Hill. I um, do too, it's so great. I totally feel like King of the Hill is something that would be very like perfect for... Absolutely. It's like the perfect like vessel for 
talking about like the GOP like near I would love to see like Dale become a fucking like QAnon supporter. <laughs> right? Right? He basically already is. <laughs> John Redcorn like wigging out about like Donald Trump and shit like that. Yep. Hank struggling with whether or not to vote for Joe Biden. Like <laughs> Eggie Hill wearing a pussy hat. Like <laughs> God, that was Bobby. Been... Just Bobby. Hank on quarantine. Right. Oh my God. Stuck in the house with, with Bobby. Bobby. <laughs> Come on, man. Oh, we needed that. The that's, country needed that. That's so... Well, Alright, so what are some of your favorite King of the Hill moments? Like, they can be big, they can be small. Because I have a couple I can name off the top of my head. Ooh, dude, I might literally... Like, you got me going back and thinking about, like, the fucking episode where, like, Snoop Dogg guest starred as, like, the white pimp. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I um, love, um, like, Hank is teaching Bobby how to cook a steak, and he's like... Well, you gotta make it cook to this point and get to be no, medium dude, rare or medium well. And he's like, no. what if they want it well done, Dad? And he goes like, well, you tell them politely, but firmly to leave. <laughs> <laughs> it's gotta be, that's my purse. <laughs> I don't know you. <laughs> Him uh, using WD-40 to open a WD-40 can. Oh my God, yo. The Pocket sand? Yo, underrated. King of the Hill is definitely underrated, right? Like, y'all can keep Family Guy all you want. Uh-huh. I, I will take no no disrespect, right? Because Family Guy has definitely given me plenty of, like, stone nights that I'll never, you know... Forget. Remember. Or remember. <laughs> or remember, but that's also it. Like, I don't remember a lot of, like, Family Guy. Like, you said, what's your favorite King of the Hill moment? And I literally had, like, a roll with that. Me too. Oh. Like, one of my favorite is, like... A clip show of moments playing in my head. One of my favorite moments is... Do you remember the episode where, like, Hank is doing, like, uh, gas work at the school and the the school blows up? Yes. Yeah. And Bobby's on the playground and he watches the thing explode. And then the guy on the top of the playground just goes, Dude, your dad just got blown up. (laughs) Or the episode where fucking Peggy fell from the fucking, like, helicopter when she was skydiving <laughs> and her parachute didn't go off, yo. I was, like, I was mortified, right? I was, like, oh, shit, they just killed off Peggy's son. <laughs> I always, everybody know, was, like, like, so many people I know were, like, Peggy's so annoying. I'm, like, I thought Peggy was, like, one of the funniest characters on the show. Like, there was a part where yo. they were talking about, Peggy and Hank Can were talking imagine? about swinging with Dale and his wife. Oh, God. And she was like, look, you would get Dale's wife, and I would get Dale. You know who wins out of that? Dale. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Oh, man. Oh, man. Hold on. What was I going to say? Damn it. Um, King of the Hill is so underrated. Yeah. Anyway, well, it seems like it's going to be coming back. I'm not seeing any sign as to what streaming service it's going to be available on when it comes back, but... I'm going to guess Disney. Mm, really, because of the Simpsons Association and the Fox Association? Yep. I would almost venture to say it's probably either going to be on Paramount+, Plus, or I could even see this being an Apple TV exclusive. I could also Hulu. I don't know if, if it's a Hulu exclusive, then that means it's anybody's game. I feel like Hulu don't got bitches like that. Like, no, but Hulu's owned by Disney. 
Hulu. Well, uh, okay. Well, then, yeah. If it, but then that's Disney being like, you know what, Hulu, you can, have, you can have this <laughs> little bag. You can have that little bag. You can say that's your bitch. You know, that's that's really like that's our bitch, but you can say it's yours. I mean, like, I, I really think about Disney Plus's like people catalog, like, and know, yes, while it's massive, I'm like, okay, this is Star Wars, Marvel. Your Disney movies, Disney Channel, tacked on with The Simpsons. I'm stuck over here thinking about how people are like, his comparison of like, the way he's just throwing King of the Hill around like that, it's very sexist. I don't like (laughs) I don't like the toxic masculinity. There's so much toxic masculinity in you podcast hosts. First is Fresh and Fit, then you got that nigga out in a fucking... What is it? South Africa? What the fuck was his name? Mac G or whatever. Mm. This shit. Um, this nigga had Ari Lennox on a podcast, right? The R&B singer mm-hmm. signed to J. Cole's label. It, it looks like the interview was uh, somewhere along, around like half an hour long. Somewhere in there, this nigga got brazen and bold enough to ask Ari Lennox a question that I think anybody would find very, like, off-putting if just asked out of context like that. According to Independent Online, which is a South African media outlet, this uh, podcaster is known for his, like, really just wild, like, out-of-context questions. Uh, They said he's known for stirring the pot, right? So, like, in the middle of the interview, this nigga asked Ari Lennox, has someone been fucking you good? Right? (laughs) In reference to song lyrics that she had, right? Where she was like, I like it when he fuck me good or something when he do it right. Like, I don't I don't feel comfortable re- reciting the lyrics to you, a- another man <laughs> in my presence, right? Like, and some people will call that toxic masculinity. I will call it. Um, you can keep digging your grave. Just keep going. <laughs> I'm going to play the clip real quick. Who do we at right now? Is someone fucking you good right now? Oh my god! Whoa! Right, look, she's caught off guard as soon as. I'm not happy. Whoa, that's a wrong question. (laughs) Why that way? Why act it that way? Whoa! Don't ask it that way. See, it's not funny, but like the fact that it's like cringe. Yeah, it's super. Yeah, Yeah. like in the way. My man says you don't remember the song. Listen, listen. Over the last week, right, I feel like we have seen plenty of examples of how not to be a male podcast host, right? Like, uh, Fresh and Fit have stayed trending because of the way this nigga is now approaching, like, Brittany Renner. Um, And, you know, first it was, like, the whole Asian doll incident right where she walked up off the podcast because the nigga yeah. told her to stop interrupting the conversation or like talking in the background or whatever right which like I get it you know there's podcast etiquette and I you know I feel uh, we break a lot of those rules probably of I just I don't know I feel like it's wild to ask somebody to come on your show and then be like I don't it's like new shock jock material right like these alright I don't think we be like if it's just me and you, these out of context questions aren't that weird. 
But if we had, but like, if we had a guest on, yeah, if we had a guest on, somebody like fucking Ari Lennox, right? Like, oh no, stay on script. Somebody stay like on script. right, like, or yeah. if you're gonna ask an off the cuff question, make it a fun, not weird one. Right, like not something that completely is off putting and like so abrasive, right? Like I, don't, I feel like, like I said, it's like new shock jock shit. Like these niggas think they're Howard Stern or Joe Rogan, right? And they think they get to just. As people like if these. I was gonna drop a random question interviewing like Ari Lennox, I would be like, "Who do you use in Mario Kart?" Of course, you're a nerd ass would ask Ari Lennox a fucking question, but she would probably prefer that to, "Are you getting fuck good right now?" Yeah, like, because like, the thing. All right. All right also, everyone play, has played Mario Kart, dude. Dude. In what kind of world is it, do niggas think it's fine to just ask somebody a question like that, right? And Ari Lennox, like, later tweeted out that she was so done doing interviews and shit like that. And, like, she was talking about how she has been riding this emotional high since uh, quitting or taking a break from social media. Yeah. And shit, and then... And this nigga just came along and fucking pumped off the brakes on that entire situation, right? Like, oh my god. And like I said, between them, the fresh and fit niggas, Joe Rogan, like, continuing to just... Joe Rogan again. Slide further into boomer territory, like... It's just cringe. And I'm like, if that's what we have to do to go, like, viral and trend as a podcast then I'm just going to keep getting drunk and slurring my words while I try to deliver the news to y'all. I'm sorry. Like, I'm not going to I'm not gonna go out here and pressure somebody like that. Like, it's crazy. I mean, I, it, it'd be different, like, if you was putting the pressure on. That's, that's what kills me about these niggas, right? Like, Fresh and Fit and, like, DJ Academics and them put pressure on somebody they feel like they can treat goofy, right? When it comes time to really apply pressure on like serious situations, they send Jim Jones. Uh, fucking questioning your boy Takashi Six Nine about like his pedal charges and shit like that, right? Like DJ Academics hang around that nigga. Like them niggas was like fucking Tom and Jerry for the longest fucking time, right? Like some niggas will say I'm simping, right? Or will say like I'm just capping for like the feminist agenda. But I think it's wild how these niggas will like try to dunk on females right because uh, for clout right for, yeah. for internet clout right for red pill clout like oh i'm not letting these hoes run game around me like she thinks she's gonna come on here and talk all this wild shit or in uh this in mac g's case right like you just gonna ask in what world do you feel like it's okay to ask a celebrity what their sex life is like just because they talk about it in a song like my nigga it's not fucking 1980 anymore Right? Like, it's it's 2022. There's a whole movement of, like, female empowerment and womanly empowerment. you think every breakup rock song was written by somebody going through a breakup? Well, that's the thing, though, You think every right? love like, song was written by someone who was in love? But that's the thing, though. Men think it's okay to ask other men about their sex lives, right? So why wouldn't you then talk to a woman who has sung about how, you know, her how good her sex life is, right? Like, I guess... And to me, I'm like, read the fucking room, right? This is also an artist who, on social media, has been talking about how destructive all of this, like, fame and hype is for her mental state, right? And, yeah. like, you are lucky enough to get 
this person who you consider to be influential and have and notable enough, right, to carry enough notoriety to have on your podcast, and you fuck it up by being <laughs> hey, yo. So you turn it for the <laughs> wrong reasons. <laughs> but there is no wrong reason to these niggas, right? They raised, they raised by the internet, right? Like. These are the Jake Paul, Kanye West loving motherfuckers, right? So you get out there, and as long as your name get out there, I mean, we talking about this nigga Mac G now, right? I mean, only because I have to, to let people know what not to do. (laughs) But what do I know, right? We just run a second-rate podcast. Hey, we're second rate now. All right. <laughs> in the living room. I mean, that that's what I'm saying though. Like we have better sense than that. The fuck? You act like dude, you know how much I fucking don't tell my wife. You know how much I love Keelani? <laughs> like if we had Keelani on the podcast, you think I would look her in the fuck's face and be like So what that mouth do? <laughs> you stupid? You stupid? Come on, son. Come on, son. It's crazy. I would love. I would love to. Listen, before I incriminate myself, (laughs) listen, there's an etiquette to this shit, right? Like, it's like these niggas don't have, anybody can start a podcast, right? So you don't need media training, right, to, like, have a podcast. No, you just need an RSS feed. So anybody can invite a guest on and bark on them and then make them so irritated they they walk off their show. Or then turn around and get fucking embarrassed by somebody you was trying to, like, clown on because she used to be a porn star. It's stupid. I don't understand where, um... And I I hope, like... I, I hope that, like, the 15 seconds of fame is, like, extra, like, on point for these kinds of dudes, right? Because here we are, even though we have fun here and we are, like mad casual as far as things go. I'm gonna wrap it up in like two seconds you'll just give it to me before you step on my point. <laughs> Even though we keep things mad casual, yo, we still like perform with like an authentic like agenda, right? Like we're not here to stir the pot, I guess. I, I don't know. Maybe. They take, I, they had their 15 minutes of fame and you gave me those extra two seconds. Well, I mean, even if it was 15 seconds of fame plus those two seconds, there's still another 13 seconds that Tiffa Lockhart porn was on the Italian Senate screen. Yeah, <laughs> you are on point with the transitions today. Uh, kind of meeting was it? I don't know. I can't remember. I was laughing too hard. <laughs> Let me open my Twitter. Up. There's there's a couple layers to this if I remember. So. Just to give a little backstory, I guess. Um, The Italian Senate committee was having a meeting and during the video presentation, the video feed was hacked. And instead of the presentation, it was um, some very high quality (laughs) CG Tifa Lockhart porn with audio loud Italian Senate meeting interrupted by Final Fantasy Hentai according to Rich Stanton over at PC Gamer an interloper got on the virtual meet and played a 
viral hentai video featuring, that's right, as Dan said, Tifa from Final, Final Fantasy, Fantasy VII getting her cheeks blown out on a mattress. It was very high quality animation. Very. Very bouncy. Very expressive face details. Um, the the guy that uh, that does the videos got a huge jump of subscribers, as well did the voice actor. I mean, listen, as they should have. It was very well deserved. I watched the video um, because I am not one to scrutinize or shame. Just the okay. Um, the level of of I cannot believe like I. If you told me that an Italian Senate meeting was interrupted with a porn video, I would be like, oh, okay, that's hilarious. You're telling me it's a Tifa Lockhart head tie, and I'm like, wow. Like, this really is the craziest timeline. It does not, as far as I can see, um, the Zoom bombing is now a thing. So, yeah, it just seems like it was an example of Zoom bombing. You guessed it, nothing but a troll. So it doesn't seem that there was any particular reason why this meeting was hacked. It doesn't seem like there was any initiative or anything like that that was being contested. Uh, they intern hazing. They literally just dropped a Probably fucking... intern hazing. And um... Hey, bruh, you gotta put, you gotta put your least, your newest downloaded porn, like, on the screens. <laughs> and then the intern looks, he goes like, and as, as Dan said, uh, the artist and the uh, voice, voice actress are now trending, and their careers are doing great. <laughs> so I guess it's a win-win. Win? Maybe I don't know. If you into that kind win, of win-win-win, does Tifa get a win? Win in Rome. Boom. And on that note. I think it's time for a break. <laughs> Fuck it, I'm 40. It's fucking I'm 40 podcast with Tracy Kreider and Kelly Bell, where two sisters just one day decided to pick up a mic and start talking about shit. And we think we're fucking funny. And so far, we found out 25 other people do as well. Excellent. So, wherever you get your podcast on, come out and find us. We're a good time. Our only rule is, don't be a dick. to like Double D's house or um, I think it was Double D's house and they like turned the house into like a, a spa resort thing and they were like we need to take this uh, they ripped the um, the duct out of the uh, the heater so they could turn the one room into a sauna I do not remember this episode. And then they kept, like, pulling things out, and they were like, Ed, we need you to stand here and hold the house up. 
I don't remember that episode. I'll have to we'll, I'll have to look it up when I edit the video <clears throat> and watch it again. Ed Ed Nettie's classic. Classic. Fucking classic. You know what else is classic? <laughs> what else? It's classic with a modern shine. Oh, refurbished Americana. Everybody's freaking out that the green Eminem is no longer sexy. So the latest victim in the culture war. The Miss green Eminem's <laughs> heels. Miss Eminem lost her heels. Oh no, she's wearing com completely like flat, like almost like Chucks it looks like now. Right? She's wearing J's. Are they Jays? They're basically Jays. They look like uh, fucking uh, Converse's to me. And the brown Eminem, isn't it? Is uh, her her heels got cut down to like platform wedges. Um, but nobody's talking about that. <laughs> Everybody's upset because you know how it is. Uh, unfortunately, everything brown gets ignored. I thought about it at the the Wizards what a Celtics joke. game today. What a terrible. They had uh, like the the red, white, and blue race of the uh, mascot through DC on the screen. Uh, the white one won. Uh, listen, um, I'm not saying there's a message there. I'm just saying there might be a message there. And Boston uh, won. <clears throat> <laughs> Go Celtics. Uh, Tatum scored 51! Listen, speaking about green, uh, Miss Eminem, um, this is the first time, though, I feel like I agree with Tucker Carlson. Uh, I feel like Miss Eminem... Why, why did we have to get rid of her heels? What was wrong with it? I guess, I don't know. I'm not a woman, right? I don't know how it is to walk in heels. Also, I don't really agree with Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson, you need a bag of fucking pigs pig foreskin um <laughs> i don't get what the big deal is I, don't, I really don't get what the big Ooh, they changed the shoes on a fictitious piece of candy it's <laughs> just a full circle right like like um, just a circle oh my god i didn't know shoes could change my sexuality so much it's almost like i'm not attracted to this piece of candy anymore <laughs> God damn it, what am I gonna do now? I guess I just won't eat green M&Ms anymore because it always make me think about that trans. It's, they almost act like they made her a trans person, right? Like, it was like, yeah, no, we changed her out of heels and her pronouns are now they, them. Like, <laughs> no, that's not what they said, guys. Calm down. Why do we have to over-sexualize everything in America? They're fucking candy! But yet we're such a prude country, right? Like, God forbid somebody whip their fucking titties out at a sporting event, right? Then we all lose our shit. And people are like, this is a fucking family event. Like, God forbid you show body parts. <laughs> God forbid they get rid of the heels on a cartoon piece of candy. Um, America, grow the fuck up. <laughs> This uh, is why Europe no. looks at us. America refuses to grow the fuck this up. Have you not seen the When We Were Young festival coming? <sighs> this is why Europe looks at... Well, I can't say anything. If you've seen some of the discotheques that they fucking like, jam out to over there, it's uh, it's pretty bonkers. Uh, but so, no, so When We Were Young fest Is that literally what the festival was It is called? called When We Were Young. Oh my god, because of the song? Uh, no, not because of the song. Not the killers aren't even there. What? What? Yeah. 
So we don't even need to talk about the rest of this festival. Oh, no, right? we need to talk about the rest no, of this festival. No, but how do you have a When We Were Young festival and not have the Killers headline the When We Were... What? I, I, yep. All right. I made that status. I was like, how do you not have the Killers headline this? I, and it's in Las Vegas where they're from. It's a travesty. That is... And they're like one of the bands that is like... The, the biggest festival is named after the song that I know them from. And I, newsflash for anybody who may be listening for the first time, I'm sorry because this episode is definitely off the rails. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I happen to be a black guy. <laughs> right? <laughs> Don't know if you could tell. Also, black people kind of like up in the air about rock music. It's like a love-hate relationship. Like a lot of us like, you know, panic at the disco and the killers and, you know, even some Nirvana and maybe a little bit of Nine Inch Nails if you really alt-right. Like, you know, not alt-right, but alt-right. <laughs> comma. Alt-comma. Comma. Um, and I'm probably leaving like, you know, bands like Paramore and shit like that. There's always ones that slip through the cracks, like fucking Avril Lavigne, even though oh, her she's... last song was trash. Anyway, I, I wanted to say the, oh, ki- the, the Killers she... The Killers Hot Fuss is actually my favorite album of all time. Not the strokes? No. So my favorite song is done by a different band that is done by a different album that is done by a different favorite band. That's fair, because my favorite rap artist is not the artist I think is the best rap artist. Yeah. So, anyway, tell me some of the bands headlining this tour. When is the tour? So, it is not a tour. It's not it a is tour. A, it is a now two-day festival. festival. Okay. So, who are some of the bands headlining this two-day festival? <gasps> My Chemical Romance, Paramore, AFI, The Used, Premium Horizon, Taking Back Sunday, Dashboard Confessional, Alkaline Trio, Manchester Orchestra, Day to Remember, Pierce the Veil, The Story So Far, Deus Gavin Dance, All the American Rejects, Boys Like Girls, Car Seat Headrest, Motionless and White, Black Veil Brides, Ice Nine Kills, Avril Lavigne, JXXDN, <gasps> Sleeping with Sirens, Senses Fail, Bayside, Silverstein, Palace Royale, Bright Eyes, Paris, Wolfstine, Seosin, Atreyu, TV Girl, Four Years Strong, State Champs, 303, Jimmy Eat World, Amberlynn, Thursday, Acceptance, Story of the Year, Law Dispute, Armor for Sleep, We the Kings, The Wonder Years, Royal Cut, Hawthorne Heights, Red Jumpsuit Adoratus, Ready Set, Horror Fest, and, uh, yeah, that's, I, I probably missed some. I'm reading off of the collage. Um, so, my takeaway from this is two things. First, welcome back to 2005. I'd say 2009. 2009. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, Welcome back to 2009. When we were young. Also, also, I'm disgusted by how many of those bands I actually know. Um, I have seen more than a third of those bands live before. um, Yeah, no. I mean, not all of the music is bad. It's definitely a lot of it is cringe, though. And I would say, you know, I'm going to say 2007 for me. Yeah, I'm going to call it 2007. I'm going to meet the middle ground between 2005-2009 and call that a tour back to 2007, right? Suck a dick. The fuck? Oh, my God. So, a couple of other things. Uh, Some of the bands didn't even know they were on the bill until it was announced. 
Oh, that's giving me Mad Fire Festival vibes. So that's and it's great. also done by uh, Live Nation, the team who did Astro World. Mm. Okay, well, I'm not gonna hold that against them because at least it's not the guys who did Fire Festival. Um, right? The general uh, admission is $225. It's also not terrible for a two-day festival. Think of, no, 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 you're buying a ticket for one day. For one day? I mean, okay, so out of that lineup you listed of, like, I don't know, 500 bands just now, like... That are all on three stages. Right. In two days. In one day. In, you, your so, ticket is for one day. So I know the ticket is for one day, but all of those bands are not playing in one day. Yeah, they are. You think they're all going to play... One, both days. Yeah. All of the bands are yeah. going to play both days. Yeah. So that means you got to Because it's be... the second date. The first one sold out. Listen. Listen. $220 doesn't sound like that bad of a deal. If, especially if, by your standards, all the bands are playing that day. Um, uh, let me look at this again and see what the total, like... Uh, I'd probably spend... $70 to see bands on this lineup and not all at once. $70 to see just a couple of the bands. And I wouldn't lineup. even want to buy a ticket for $70 to see them all at once. I'd want to buy like three $20 tickets and a $15 ticket. To me, it's really not worth it. Um, this entire lineup is absolutely Hulk smashed by the Chili Peppers and the Strokes. <laughs> So, so you're saying you don't even care about the rest of the bands on the lineup because... Well, I mean, like, the bands that I like, I've, I've already seen. And I mean, like, yeah, Atreyu is one of my favorite bands to see live, but I saw them live three times in a year. You know? So, what's your point? So, one of the things I saw with this festival is they're selling cabanas. And anybody who buys a cabana, their 18-year-old self is extremely disappointed in that. You think? Yes. Or do you think it's the moment? Listen, if I was going to a festival where I had to watch all three different bands on three different, or all these different bands on three different stages, I was definitely, and I'm going to be like tripping the entire fucking time. You got damn right. I want a cabana that I can go and just like fucking like be in when it's all said and done and I don't feel like fucking moshing anymore but I guess also I don't know I'm not really part of this culture right like I'm here as a visitor so as a visitor I want to fucking veteran, as a so, veteran no nope. no you go in there and you you nope. have a plan to survive no nope. chili cook off the chili cook off me and my friend Ryan Elmore here. shout out Ryan Elmore we went That's in there cool. with the plan we had enough money for a bottle of water each yeah. So we got a bottle of water, and at the beginning of the show, we went to where all the free chili was, and okay. we ate ourselves with the free chili, and we kept finding the like fire hydrant that came out of the like, gas can that seemed super hygienic at the time, and we had to pick a spot. We were like, all right, look, we're gonna die of heat exhaustion if we don't like go take a nap. So we picked Switchfoot, because they suck, and we, we took a nap during yeah. Switchfoot. <laughs> There's a lot of bands on here that I feel like suck. Um, oh, yeah. All right, we'll, we'll go through it. You, you, you tell Do you me, you, go you tell me good or suck. My Chemical Romance. Good. Good, me too. Paramore. You're Begrudgingly thinking? good. Bad. AFI. 
good. Good. The used. I'm not. I, I, Bring me the horizon. No. Yeah. D Cultural. Taking back Sunday. That's all right. Yeah. Dashboard professional. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, all right. We can stop there. Yeah, that just brought back X memories. Ugh, I'm triggered. <laughs> Did you say dashboard confessional? Nope. Yup. I'm good on that. B. Uh, but uh, $225, and well I'm thinking, I'm wondering how all of the bands are feeling about having to grow their hair out again. I'm wondering how this is going to be now that everybody, I guess we're not middle-aged, right? Like some of, some of these, uh, no, 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 the demographic for these bands is too young to be middle-aged yet. Yeah, no, um, it's, it's, uh, people in their mid to mid thirties to like late twenties. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, if this I, was listen, a, if, if, you if this was Warp Tour, I would buy a ticket to it for like fifty dollars. It sounds like Warp Tour. It's right? basically it's 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 like Mega Warp Tour. It's for two Mega days. Warp Tour jammed into. People are saying this might be emo firefest. I called it right uh, when you said that some of the bands didn't even know that they were like hooked to the bill until the announcement happened and it's like anytime I feel like I hear shit like that I'm like oh so that band's probably not gonna show up then right like they don't even know how they're gonna get paid so yeah emo Firefest sounds about right yeah um a lineup that's looking pretty good though is the Super Bowl halftime show lineup have you seen that Dr. Dre Snoop Dogg Eminem Mary Kendrick J. Lamar. Blige and Kendrick Lamar are set to um Super Bowl 56 56 so Super Bowl 56 Super Bowl 56 um is being headlined by some of the heaviest hitters in hip hop uh known to date oh, um yes. completely making for the travesty of a Super Bowl that was Atlanta forgettable Super Bowl halftime performance last year with Maroon Bleh that's what I was thinking it was Maroon 5, right? It was, like, <laughs> it was very, it wasn't even the one with Missy Elliott, right? Like, how long ago was that? Three years ago? Yeah. At this point? Yeah, anyway. Um, I don't know, so I guess this means the Super Bowl is going to be fired. I mean, this is in L.A., so they they have an L.A. crowd there for sure, and tacked on Eminem for diversity. Do we know? Uh, okay, so I actually have, uh, according to NBC Sports, a past Super Bowl halftime show. So 2021 was the weekend. Oh okay. yeah, that one was... So that was the weekend, right? Ooh, disappointing. Kind of like how the weekend is probably disappointed that his album has been beat two weeks in a row by Gunna and Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know... What was it fucking after FM or whatever? I don't know. That album was weird. Um, I I haven't played it again since I listened to it. Anyway, uh, 2020 was Jennifer Lopez and, and Jennifer Lopez and Shakira, right? That was the one that everybody was like, oh my god, Shakira. Everybody remembered Shakira had a booty. Oh okay, yeah, 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 and that Jennifer Lopez had a booty, and oh, people were upset because two middle-aged women were grinding on strippers on stage. Right? Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, Everybody was like, ew, female sexuality, get that out of here. 2019 was Maroon 5, Travis Scott, and, and Big, Big Boy. Boy. Uh, uh, I bet Travis Scott wishes people would forget 
the Astro World Tour like we forgot he was attached to the Maroon 5 Whew. Super Bowl concert. Justin Timberlake and uh, uh, the, Tennessee the University kids? of Minnesota marching band and the Tennessee Kids. That sounds boring. Listen. Um, 2017 was Lady Gaga. Oh, that's the one where she jumped off the fucking thing and like the memes and shit. Yeah, I remember that one. Uh, Coldplay, Coldplay, Beyonce, and Bruno Mars. Uh, Okay, good old 2016 when everybody thought Beyonce was trying to revive the Black Panthers because of her militant costume. No, she just revived, um, nope, never mind. That was 2013 when Beyonce, wow, Beyonce's done a lot of these. Beyonce brought back Destiny's Child. Also the one the Ravens won. Uh, 2015, Katy Perry, Lenny Kravitz, and Missy Elliott. Definitely memorable. Yes. Left Shark. Oh, wow. That was... <laughs> yep. Damn. Okay. Listen, so, um... The biggest, th- the most memorable thing for Katy Perry's performance is Left Shark. Also, this seems like it's going to be the blackest Super Bowl <laughs> halftime show that we've had in a long-ass time. What um, is... Your most memorable Super Super Bowl halftime show, dude, is definitely the Janet Jackson Justin Timberlake halftime. Really? Show. Yeah, no, it's still the most memorable. Like for for me, there's two. Can you think of another? And no disrespect to Janet, but can you think of another Super Bowl halftime show where we got to see a titty? Um, no. Exactly. Wait till five years from now when Cardi and Meg do it. Why do you have to over-sexualize everything? I'm just saying, like, do you remember two, when that Super Bowl two that I remember the most are, one was U2 in 2002, like, right Damn. after 9-11. And they fucking killed it. Like, that was when U2 was, like, prime U2. Well, second prime U2. And not just giving people albums on their phone. And the other one was Prince. But Prince performed and he did Purple Rain and it started raining. And it started raining. It did. Because Prince is magical. That was 2007. Of course it was 2007! 2007 was the undefeated Patriots losing to the David Tyree catch. This is like literally probably the... So this is this is the best Super Bowl front to back I've ever seen. Would be this game and halftime performance. So DJ Khaled says he hasn't slept in two days. Kanye got him locked in the studio. They talk probably about, literally. They talking about Donda two after that. Uh, Leak track from him and Game Easy got uh, PETA all up in arms because of the cover art. Um, did you see the cover art for no. that song? So the cover art for the leaked single Easy, the newest track from Game and Kanye West, their first feature since Crack Music, which I believe was like... Is that a skinned monkey? Ago. Yes, yes, it is. It is a skinned monkey. Um, the cover art for the single featured a skinned monkey behind a blood red background. I don't know why. Um, my life was never easy. <laughs> Listen, um, the track is a banger. I, as I stated last time, I believe we talked about the song. Um, Maybe Kanye was like, "Games verse was fire," uh, but Peta, the people for the ethical treatment of animals, who also also euthanize people's pets, yeah, um, is upset that a rap artist who is known for his antics used 
a picture of a skinned monkey. Not like he skinned the monkey. It's not like they did some kind of voodoo ritual or something like that and then streamed it while they leaked the video. Who's this? Did Peter did that, didn't they? No. That no. sounds like something. But Peter also. Oh, Peter. God damn it. Peter? But. Listen, uh, PETA also euthanizes people's pets. So... Who's to say it's even a real skin monkey? So, listen. Um, they can be upset all they want to. That track was a banger. And if that's any indication, uh, I feel like Kanye took people's criticisms of Donda and has linked up with uh, the likes of the game, Pusha T. Um, I also heard Big Sean features were set up for Apparently this. DJ Khaled. Um, yes, DJ Khaled features as well as uh, hold on. Wait, there's more. Uh, Moneybag Yo, um, as well as some Hit Boy tracks. Um, this Donda 2 is looking like it may be the album we were all anticipating the first Donda to be. Leaves me to wonder, since him and Drake have now squashed their beef in hopes to free Larry Hoover, maybe we'll even get a Drake track on there. You know there's an album that came out this week that I listened to. Oh, okay. Yeah, you there's a new album. To the table there's a new album reviews, by huh? the rock band, The Wombats. Oh, and it's a rock review. Okay, so The Wombats, tell me, what is that? What air, uh... So, The Wombats are um, a band that has been around for the better part of a decade. And what would you say their sound is? They sound British. Okay, so are they a they, British they rock They sing in British. Uh, so they're a British rock yeah. band. Yeah. Okay. Um, With a name like The Wombats. The Wombats. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. But I believe they're out of... Liverchester? Liverchestershire? Liverchestershire, see. <laughs> but, um, okay. they're, they're, I would that describe the sound of their new album as a very 80s. So it's a retro wave. And very review. nihilistic. Mm, nihilistic retro wave. So it's like dark. And, dark. like, they're not, they're not doing, um, as much singing in British, like their their vocals have a little bit more of a, a, a pop sound to them. Okay. But like I said, it's very nihilistic, and the uh, the what album is called "Fix Yourself, Not the World." Wow. And uh, my favorite song on the album is uh, it's called um, "Everything I Love Is Going to Die." And that's your favorite song on the album. Yep. That's the one you played for me earlier. Uh, before we got started. Yeah, and the thing is, is you would think it's it's like a... Uh, it's a, a very upbeat kind of track. It's a very upbeat track, and you think it's like super nihilistic from the sound, but it's actually more of a fuck you, because he's like, look, everything I love is going to die. So maybe keep your big mouth shut and stop wasting my time. Mm, right, like, let me enjoy my existence for what it is because I'm not going to always it's finite. They right? definitely like, have some real grindy tracks there if you're looking for like some hard drifts they definitely have there. Okay. Um, on tracks like If You Ever Leave I'm Coming With You. Right. So let's just go through the names of these songs to uh, give you a yeah, sense. Just give me like your top three. Alright so my favorite song on the album is definitely Everything I Love Is Going To Die. Right. Um, I really enjoyed uh this car drives all by itself. Okay, and is that, what's the 
vibe of that track. Also kind of 80s, uh, a little bit more of a driving bass line. Okay. And uh, Method to the Madness was also another really good. It was kind of like an arithmetic type of sound to it. Okay. But uh, yeah, names of the songs flip me upside down. The car drives by itself. If you ever leave, I'm coming with you. Ready for the high. People don't change, time does. <laughs> Work is okay. easy, life is hard. All right, Joe Biden. <laughs> don't poke the bear. All right, Joe Biden. <laughs> Listen. Oh, and the song uh, Wildfire is also really good. Okay. Uh, but they don't... Like, that one is uh, kind of... For the back half of it, they kind of just say Teenage Wildfire. But it's, like, done in the, like, layered... So it's like the vocals take a back seat and are more of an accent to what they're doing instrumentally, okay. which is also very cool to see, like a real rock album come right. out. Right. And like this is definitely an album that has a band that has adapted to like the modern sounds, right. but they're not like copping out the way Avril did. <laughs> right. They haven't gave up their authenticity, what made them the Wombats. It's still there, but they have adapted to the new, I guess, um, the new market that's the Yeah. Right? Um, like, the new song does not sound like Moving right. to New York or um, Dancing to Joy Division. Right. But, you know, you can still tell it's the Wombats. Okay. And I can still get down with it. Okay. Uh, yeah, kind of like that new Muse song we listened to, definitely. Still. Well, Muse is such a wild band. Like, yeah. they change their sounds so much. Right, right. It's hard to pinpoint them or even know what to expect when you get a new Muse album. I don't really but. know what to expect now that Xbox bought Blizzard and Activision. Hey, so as we transition into some gamer news, um... Yeah, it looks like Microsoft is looking to acquire... Blizzard and Activision for how many billion? Isn't it like fifty? Uh, it, it, it was like sixty-eight point seven billion dollars. Right for a myriad of properties. Right, like this is we're talking Fallout. Right, like, anything Blizzard and Activision. Activision. Right, yeah, any World like, of Warcraft, Crash, Starcraft, Dark, like all of the Blizzard games. Dude, Diablo. Like, they even said like Crash Bandicoot and games like that. Right, like Spyro the Dragon. Like those games are also going to be now under this Xbox umbrella. Right, and um, you called this the real console wars. Yes. Right. And this is the real console. No, wars. and I really feel like this is the first shot fired in the console. Right, because the joke has always been Xbox has a better UI, but PlayStation has, has the, games. the games, right? PlayStation has always had the exclusives and stuff like that. And now Xbox, it's almost like Xbox heard that and was like, oh, oh okay, I ain't got no They're exclusives. They're going for games that are PC games now. Yeah, um, this is going to start a mad rush to acquire new studios right or old studios that have like especially because game the gaming industry i feel like is going through a shake-up just like every other industry is right now yeah. right like there is a lot of like civil liberties and stuff that's being like especially I think konami with, like, was one of the properties they got listen uh especially with like blizzard and activision i wonder right? what like, that means for Yu-Gi-Oh. I wonder what it means for gaming moving forward in general, right? Like, are we going to be forced 
further to choose a side between PC, PlayStation, and Xbox, right? Where if you want, or is this going to force people to have to now really buy all the systems if you really want a good gaming experience, right? Like, cause some people will say, well, oh no, if you like Activision or Blizzard games, then just buy an Xbox, there's no problem, right? But then it's like, I, I don't know. I just feel like it creates this weird market space where you've got these giant companies who are going to now start swallowing up all of the AAA game developers. Yeah, right? so Konami was bought, but I just looked. Um, it's unclear whether or not they have, most notably, the Castlevania, Silent Hill, and Metal Gear IP. And I feel like it's still unclear as to how Microsoft plans to approach owning all of this IP, right? Like, because there's no certain indication that all of these are now going to become exclusive titles, right? Because I feel like if that was the case, then it would have been potentially more of a detriment to these companies and these developers than a benefit, right? So this has actually become a, a David and Goliath thing to me. Microsoft, as big as Sony is, Sony doesn't have the resources Microsoft does. Yeah, no, especially not being Bill Gates's baby, right? Yeah. Like, they have that pool to always pull from. But it, I also feel like PlayStation's clout is being damaged by the fact that they can't even get PS5s out there to the consumer, right? Like, I feel like people have Xbox Ones, right? But PlayStation is still struggling to get you know, its yeah. market service. And so much so that they're now re-releasing PlayStation 4s, right? Just to keep people in the, in the circle, right? So we're at a point where this could be a very big tipping factor in the console, yeah. right? And sway people back to the Xbox the way the Xbox 360 did as opposed to the PlayStation 3. So, if Blizzard Activision got bought for $68.7 billion, it makes me look over at Riot that's worth like eight last time I checked. Right. And um, I'm like, does Microsoft try to eat Riot? And what other big gaming studios out there? Epic? Yeah, I mean... Riot and Epic, League and Fortnite. Yeah, because Blizzard Activision, that's so much, right? I like, mean, yeah, if they got, if Xbox got Konami, they have Yu-Gi-Oh! Like, the card game. You are so focused on it. <laughs> yes, because Yu-Gi-Oh! is a big thing right now. Yes, Master Duel came out! It's a great, it's honestly, it's a fantastic user interface. I just haven't gotten around to completing a deck or willing myself to play because I know I'm going to get killed in, by turn two. Because that's what Yu-Gi-Oh! actually is at this point and everybody's getting the cruel reality of realizing it. I'm interested to see what this actually does to the gaming market. So, or what this will mean for developers moving forward, right? Will you have to partner with a specific console company to be successful? Will you have to tie your company to like a Microsoft, a Nintendo, or a PlayStation to really get your games to market? Uh, because we also, there's a lot of like indie games that have people excited coming out this year. So I wonder if PlayStation will then lean into fostering relationships with indie developers and really flourishing that market. 
and seeing what they can do there versus, you know, trying to buy up other big-name AAA competitors. And Nintendo knows they have their lane. Well, yeah, I was gonna... Well, Nintendo has its, like... Nintendo has its lane. Well, Nintendo has its properties, right? Like, a Mario game is always going to suck. And the Switch is some of the coolest fucking hardware. Where, right. It's... Right. They don't They don't have to make another console for a long time. And they're Just already, update the Switch. They just have to keep updating the Switch. They're already talking about making another console, though. But, yeah, <laughs> like, I don't want them to ever go back to a non-Switch console. Yeah. Ever. Um, I feel like, yeah, they crack the mold with that so much so that people want the PSP back. And I feel like that's another way that PlayStation 2 could then, you know, kind of kneecap this Blizzard acquisition, but even then it would only be a PlayStation also. You definitely had me confused there for a second. What, the PSP? No, you were like, and PlayStation 2, and I'm like... Oh, well, PlayStation also. Yes, 2 as in T-O-O. PlayStation 2 still god tier. (laughs) Even if they did re-release, like, the PSP, it would be a momentary, like, kneecap for them to kind of recover their marketing strategy, right? Would they do the Vita or the PSP where everybody can jailbreak the fuck out of them? I feel like if we're going to hone in on the nostalgia factor, it would have to be the PSP. Jailbreak the fuck out of it. Um, it'd probably be closer to the PS Vita, though, right? To support the cloud storage and everything like yeah. that. Unless they went the Switch route with it, where they made, like... I See, but even that is kind of, like, stupid, right? Because it's like, once you get the PS5, then you gotta figure out how to integrate the PS5 to the portable version Mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah, I I don't know. I can't see how the rollout for that kind of thing would work. The Switch is just incredible. This is pretty... Dude, I almost feel like this is Monopoly-level territory acquisition, right? Yeah, it's ridiculous how... Like, just 68.7 billion. This makes, like, Microsoft the Disney of video games at this point. I think 68.7 billion is more than the collective net worth of the NBA. All I'm saying is this puts Microsoft in Disney level territory where I guess, you know, you could say that Nintendo is more akin to the Disney of the video game world, but I'm saying as far as like all encompassing, like, yeah, IP is concerned and like market reach is concerned, like uh, maybe Amazon. This puts Microsoft in Amazon territory. Oh, yeah. This is... God forbid they form some kind of, like, partnership where you can stream video games through, like, Amazon Prime. Because Amazon... It would just have to be Netflix and Nintendo, like, teaming up. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, Which leaves PlayStation to do what? The team up... Join up with them! HBO Max? Um, No. I guess the next step would be for Microsoft to acquire Stadia, right? Which is Amazon's streaming console thing right so like once they acquire stadium disney console disney eating console. up once they buy the spider-man Wait, rights in the spider-man rights deal the they buy the rights about? to playstation what are you talking about? and then it becomes oh, from sony yes so disney acquires sony yes playstation disney acquires no acquires sony disney acquires playstation well, yeah, acquires Sony. Well, yeah, because that's the logical outcome of Gets this PlayStation Spider-Man and file, Spider-Man. Right? But the, yeah, the, yeah, because that's that's what's happening right now. Sony is like, I don't know if I want to give up Spider-Man, and Disney is like, Come on, stop being a bitch. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so no, eventually Disney's just gonna buy Sony and then PlayStation will be owned by Disney and we will never get a Kingdom Hearts game without a Disney character in it ever again. Or they'll just, you know, transfer Final Fantasy over to like full Kingdom Hearts shit. And Goofy and Cloud will be running around trying to stop Sephiroth and Pete from, that's what you want? From Donald still wouldn't heal you. Bringing Aerith back to life. <laughs> yeah, and then Aerith would get stabbed through with the sword from Sephiroth, and Donald would be standing there like, <laughs> <laughs> Donald, do something! <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Tiff is getting railed in the Senate. Oh, no. Oh, no. Speaking of getting railed in the Senate, the filibuster is still up for hot contested debate. Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema have already certified that they will not be voting in favor to get rid of the filibuster. Um, Doesn't that just kill it? I guess so, unless some Republicans flip and decide that they want. Um, I think that makes it a 50-50 split, actually. But... I don't know if that includes Kamala Harris or not already, so there's no, there's really still no telling. Um, I haven't heard, you know, um, who was it? Um, Chuck Schumer was talking about, you know, pushing things forward if no, if no um, advancements had been made by Martin Luther King Day. Um, I haven't heard anything yet, so look forward to that news coming out by the time that this is out I'm also sure. continue to look out for news from the january 6th committee ah. that is um releasing records from the trump white house i heard that the supreme court with a vote of what was it eight to one yeah shout out to clarence thomas for for being a rebel like what the fuck everybody including the people that Trump had like put into those positions sided with him turning over the records yep right and Clarence Thomas was like yeah fuck Joe Biden <laughs> <laughs> yo fuck this country son um no Trump shouldn't have to tell y'all niggas shit yeah no so it looks like we will be finding out officially what Trump's part in the January 6th riot, Capitol riots were. Even though uh, there's a fair amount of evidence to suggest that he had no direct influence, but I guess it's always better to know for sure than not know. Yeah. Um, especially when we have uh, some of the Oath Keeper leaders and, you know, some of these right-wing militia leaders are being charged with sedition for the roles that they played in the Capitol riots. So, I mean, that's a big fucking deal, right? Like, I was actually, like I said earlier, I was at the Wizards-Celtics game in D.C. And okay. before the game, we got there an hour early, so I, I told my dad and my brother I wanted to go for a walk. So I meet, meet them inside. So I yeah. walked up to the Capitol, and I did see a group of three officers, and I was like, were you there last year? They were like, yeah. And I was like, thank you. Like, really, like, thank you. So... It's uh, crazy to think that that you know was only a year ago because once again it feels like so much has happened since then. Um, we are now 
it, you, you know, uh, Trump is being subpoenaed for his role in the whole thing, and we're still floating about the idea of him running for office again, right? Which I guess isn't that surprising for a coup attempt that didn't really lead to an arrest of any of its high-ranking agitators. Um, you know, we have a lot of the senators and stuff who stood on the stand that day and condemned the actions of those people to our faces live on TV are now defending yep. them and saying that uh, things are being blown out of proportion. So that's always cool. Uh, speaking of blowing things out of proportion, um, the RNC is making drastic announcements way ahead of any actual presidential campaign. Pulling out of debates? Signaling that they may be pulling out of any future debates, considering that it's not actually a requirement of a presidential candidate to attend any debates. But it, you do have to wonder what kind of signals it sends when they are alerting their um, base and, you know, some of their potential candidates that they don't have to participate in the national discourse, right? This is coming from the people who complain that we can't have any actual discourse because everybody's being too sensitive, continuing to, again, be very sensitive. Uh, um, huh. I, yeah, it just makes me wonder what the strategy here is, right? Do you just do town? I mean, but it's, it, you don't have to wonder because Trump has demonstrated that the debate strategy isn't really effective anymore. What is effective is going on these tours, doing these town halls, and running these um, events where you are speaking through a megaphone directly to your base, right? It, fulfilling the confirmation bias, right? Like just telling, telling them what they want to hear, right? They don't want to see their guy potentially get embarrassed, right? I don't even know if that's a thing that even exists to them anymore, right? Now we exist in the world where all beliefs are, all beliefs are strongly held. So how do... Our minds are made up and points don't matter. Right, so after uh, getting embarrassed by sleepy Grandpa Joe last time, um, the RNC and the GOP have decided that maybe maybe we just don't need to do debates even though you know it's philo philosophical minds love the old debate uh, yeah um, they're they're pulling out quicker than your prom night day uh break U.S. athletes have been told to use burner phones at Beijing's Winter Olympics coming up this, uh, in the next couple of months. Uh, the U.S. and the Paralympic committees are telling their athletes to ditch their personal phones, um, according to reports from the Wall Street Journal. Uh, the bulletin passed out in an advisory twice last year warned athletes about the possibility of digital surveillance while in China. Every device, communication, transaction, and online activity may be monitored. Your devices may even be compromised with malicious software, which could negatively impact future use, according to the bulletin released. Um, 
Other countries, Whoa. according to the Wall Street Journal, including Great Britain, Canada, and the Netherlands, have also sent out similar bulletins in an effort to kind of uh, warn their athletes ahead of time. Um, I feel like it's also worth noting that it's only athletes going to this year's Winter Olympics. Um, China has banned all foreign spectators due to its COVID-19 concerns. Ah, Olympics in Australia? No, No, Japan. Japan had no spectators. Yeah. Tokyo had no spectators. Yeah. According to the Wall Street Journal, this it's not like this is totally out of left field. In 2019, Chinese border agents were caught installing spyware on tourist phones who entered through the Xijiang region, um, which is an area that is heavily surveilled because of its Uyghur Muslim population. Um, population. Anyway, um, yeah, no, uh, border agents were taking people's phones and making them like surrender over their passcodes and apparently installing spyware on their phones hmm. right um and china's my 2020 olympic app which all attendees are required to install has been found by citizens lab a like watch group um to have tons of uh security holes and back doors that could lead to privacy breaches including surveillance and yeah um, this is creepy yeah so um it's not like this is some kind of like chinese fear-mongering news there is like evidence to support that it could potentially be a problem for these athletes yeah. who are having to rely on their phones for contact with like their family members and stuff yeah. because they and their coaches are the only ones allowed on the Olympic facilities at this time. Yeah. Right? Um, and China does have a pretty strict policy when it comes to uh, outside internet influences, right? Like yeah. the Chinese Great Firewall is a very common thing and for those of you who don't know it's china's ban on several outside websites including google and facebook and youtube um so china has its own versions of all of those things all which are heavily monitored by monitored by the ccp um so yeah i mean i don't know i just thought that that was pretty that's wild, wild. and interesting especially when we're talking about like government overreach. I was reading an article earlier about um, employer employee surveillance on like remote workers and things like that, and how a lot of these standards and practices that were put in place for monitoring people's computer usage while they're supposed to be, you know, being productive on the work clock, um, are now becoming standard practices as we've returned to a or attempt to return to a post. Uh, COVID modern economy um, and uh, it just poses a lot of questions as to like you know what are some of the red flags like uh, with your employer monitoring your behavior while you're at work right like I get it as an employer I want to make sure you're doing your job fucking too right but like taking screenshots of people's like uh, web browser activity leave me alone I'm like alt tabbing GFT Exactly, right? Which is part of the reason why they justify some of this shit. But sometimes employers don't tell people 
that they're monitored, they're being monitored and stuff like that, or you're not aware of how long or what exactly what information is being taken advantage or taken, and you're being taken advantage of, and there's no protections for uh, employees at the moment yet because this is all still pretty new as far as uh, remote work is considered, right? Some places are moving forward to put in legislation to kind of reel back on some of the overreaching aspects of that kind of surveillance. Um, we have the European Parliament who has approved to move forward with an initial proposal that would ban some targeted ads um, on the internet, right? Uh, the Digital Services Act of 2020 will prevent platforms like Google, Amazon, and Facebook from using sensitive info such as sexual orientation, race, and religion for targeted ads, according to this uh, new act that is moving forward to soon become law. Hmm. Um, it would also require services to give users the ability to easily opt out of uh, tracking and pressure platforms to remove illegal content and products such as hate speech and counterfeit goods, the sale of counterfeit goods. Includes a provision that also bans targeted ads for minors, as well as a ban on dark patterns, um, similar to what I was talking about just now with uh, employers and not informing their employees how or when they're being monitored. Dark patterns is a practice used by some platforms to trick users into agreeing to sharing their data, right? And any company found in violation of the this new policy could face fines of up to 6% of their global revenue, right? Um, and, you know, 6% is probably a low number for a company like Facebook or Google or Amazon, right? But it's definitely um, enough to make people pump the brakes a little bit. Oh, yeah. Um, and this act was passed with a huge majority in the European Parliament, um, I think something like 80 to 20 or 70 to 30. This being implemented the way it is here, we also saw the Democrats um, introduce a similar act last week that could start to cut down on the way your phones and things are listening to you as you're talking about what kind of toilet paper you buy or what kind of condoms you're going to stroke your Tinder date out with. Um, so... I don't know. Uh, that, that I just thought we might end the show on a good note for once, because none of this is normal, but we're starting to get there. Brad Pitt is a fantastic actor. Uh, they think exposure to Omicron may heighten your natural immunity to COVID. Um, there's strong evidence suggesting that that is a thing. But I guess, I guess we'll see. You guys be safe out there. Way better than Matt Damon. Wash your hands, wear your mask, don't kiss babies, unless they're your babies. And uh, punch a Nazi. He's great with Leo, though. Be safe, guys. Deuces! Look, it's a flood! It's a flood! It's flooding! Get away! Quick, we need to get to higher ground! Open the floodgates!
Wait, why can't we talk about <laughs> it black is stuff? It's time to 